Are you downsizing? Maybe need more room because of additions to the family, or possibly seeking that dream home you've always wanted. Well, Tim Eisner at Royal LePage Atlantic is the guy for you. With a proven track record and multiple awards, Tim goes above and beyond to find out your needs and exactly what you're looking for. So if you're seeking a new home or trying to sell your current one, contact Tim at 902-499-5717 or check him out on Facebook at Tim Eisner. Again, that's 902-499-5717. Trust me, when all is said and done, we'll be saying Tim Eisner strikes again. Hey, what is going on? Hope everyone had an amazing Easter weekend. Welcome to another episode of Outside the Shoot. I'm your host, Randy Frame. Once again, friendly reminder to let our listeners know that the annual Canada Cup International Softball Tournament in Surrey, BC is looking for more youth goal teams in the U19 and U17 categories. The tournament runs from July 10th to the 16th at the world-class facility, Softball City. Currently, there are over 90 teams competing between five divisions. There will be over 10 international teams competing in the women's division, as well as a few junior national teams in the U19 division. This tournament offers great exposure to athletes, to college coaches, and to national team coaching staff. This is a tournament you won't want to miss. Visit CanadaCup.com to learn more and submit your application today. Or reach out via Instagram, where their handle is at CanadaCupSoftball, if you have any questions. Get in quick on this one. It's shaping up to be a beauty out there on the west coast of Canada, and Softball City will be the place to be. On to this week's guest, and we sat down and chatted with seven-time ISC world champion, 2015 Pan Am and WBSC world gold medalist, and ISC Hall of Famer, the one and only Ryan Wolf. Wolfie had an absolute amazing career. His list of accomplishments are just ridiculous. As just mentioned, besides the seven ISC world titles and international golds, he's also an 11-time ISC all-world selection, five-time Canadian senior men's national champion, two-time ASA national champion. Do I really need to go on? The guy has done it all. Plain and simple, one of the best to ever play our game. We're going to talk to Wolfie about getting a start in the game, growing up playing in Ontario, joining the ISC circuit in what is arguably the greatest era ever, his induction last year into the ISC Hall of Fame, and much, much more. Wolfie was such a beauty to chat with. I'm sure you're all going to enjoy this chat just as much as Hopi and I did. With that being said, grab that drink, sit back, relax, because here we go. I got the world in my palm, lights, camera, action, it's on. I can't describe what I'm feeling, ain't never felt this freedom. I got the world in my palm, lights, camera, action, it's on. Ain't never felt this freedom. Could you, could you say that anything goes, anything goes, anything goes, anything goes, Hey, how are you? You got, you, got, you got me on that one. I did. I apologize. That's all right. Okay. What's going on? Not much, man. How are you? Good. Good. It's been a while it's good to be since back. Yeah. Down. Yeah. It's uh, it's good to be back. Of course. I'm uh, looking forward to this guest we have on today. Yeah. I won't say his name yet. Not a bad player. Uh, you say? Oh, no, he wasn't He's okay. a bad player. <laughs> the original Wolfie. Um, we get back in the dome. 
Yes, uh, very excited. Uh, we started our skills and drill sessions for uh, U11, U13, U15, U17, and we have 45 kids uh, for our first session. Came out on this past Sunday night. Um, since then, I've had interest from other parents sending me uh, emails or texts asking if it's too late. And of course, it's never too late to mm-hmm. get the kids involved. So we'll we'll have even more for the next session, which is fantastic. It's it's also very nice to be in the dome, of course, because it gives us so much more space. Oh, big time. Although it's a third of the dome, it's still massive, man. <laughs> I, know, I know. It's so massive. Yeah. And, you know, being able to sw- uh, put the kids like the U11 kids in one end of it and the U13 kids on the other side. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. The other thing that's awesome about it is we had eight people helping us last week, yeah. including yourself, which yeah. was fantastic. Thank you. But uh, a lot of the younger guys from the Mastodons and, and some of the older guys, which is great as well. Mm-hmm. So that's fun. Um, we're going to get the best we can out of those kids and and keep them highly engaged because we need them to keep playing, obviously. Yep. Because sure. your current state of ball in Nova Scotia, it looks like it's getting better coming up. But I know at the U17 level, it's garbage. Yeah, we were talking about it today. Yeah, well, I know that the our unfortunately our East Hans U seventeen program is uh, probably kiboshed. Um, we only have six or seven athletes. Look to uh, we look to combine with another team, but uh, they didn't want to go for that, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately. Um, so anyway, those kids will all play in our league this year, and we got to keep them playing because that's uh, that's the next Canada Games age group. Well, they'll definitely benefit from playing in the league. Oh gosh, yes, for yeah. sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. yeah. Actually, funny funny thing about the the skill session. Yep. I woke up Monday morning. Sore? From, from, from hitting, hitting ground balls. From hitting ground balls. Jesus Christ. <laughs> my my hamstring like, and my glutes. I was like, what is going on? Like, yeah. It's funny though, because you played hockey all winter, but yeah. it's different. It's different, different muscles. muscles. Yeah. yeah. I won't lie to you. I, you know, showing the kids just proper uh, positioning for feeling ground balls. Yeah. My fucking hamstrings were burning <laughs> on Monday morning. And that's <laughs> so stupid. And throwing overhand. Yeah. Throwing well, overhand, I don't like, think, oh. geez, I, don't even, I think I might have thrown one ball, but yeah. <laughs> anyway. The beauty of it is I get to walk around while you guys are taking care, and mm-hmm. then I get to critique the kids as as we're going along, as well yeah. as you guys. Yep. But uh, that's what makes it so good is I get to kind of coach and oversee the whole program, right? right. And you guys are running the the, yep. the drills and skills. Yeah, so yeah. Anyway, it's fun. I do thank everyone for doing that for yeah. us. What else we got? Well, I wanted to touch. Uh, so I was in Jamaica just uh, three weeks ago, as you know. Oh, yeah. uh, we had a fantastic trip. Uh, my wife and I really enjoyed ourselves. We went with two other couples. Just beautiful people. Food was unbelievable. Beaches were great. Hotel or sorry, resort weather, blah blah blah. The whole nine years. Yeah. Anyway, I did. I did want to touch on one little story. Uh, I was uh, my wife and the, the, her two girlfriends were doing something in the pool. My buddy Dave and my buddy Rodney, they were off doing something, probably necking in the woods or something. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, and I was just standing by our our pool chairs, and there was a guy beside me and another guy beside him, and the guy had a. Uh, a Toronto Blue Jays hat on. And so I just being friendly. And of course I was drinking all day, but anyway, <laughs> yeah. I said, Hey, uh, so you're a Blue Jays fan. He goes, yeah, Blue Jays fan. I said, I suppose you're a Maple Leafs fan too. He goes, yeah. I said, well, fuck you. And I sat down. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I sat down and instantly we became friends yeah. because, uh, his buddy, his name was Jeff. I was talking to him and he's part of the Belleville bulls in the past, the OHL team. Yep. And so we stopped talking and stuff. Anyway, Jeff was leaving mm-hmm. and Jimmy and his wife, our girlfriend, sorry, Sherry, were staying. Jeff was leaving the next day. So Jimmy, you know, as we were chatting, he said, you know, I'll probably just hang with you guys the rest of the week. I was like, yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. So anyway, we got talking and, and one of, you know how he, everybody has a story. Yeah. 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 Well, Jimmy, Jimmy has quite a story and uh, it, it was very gut wrenching, but 
at the same time, I was able to relate because of what I've gone through in my life. Right. So, in fact, Jim, Jimmy's daughter, her name was Alex Sagriff. I, th- I think this is his last name. Uh, well, first of all, they, they they host a memorial golf tournament every year for her. Um, what took place was uh, Alex was gone on her senior trip to Cuba with her classmates, her graduating year in high school. And unfortunately, she had a heart attack and passed away in Cuba. What? Yeah. It, just nuts, right? And Jimmy's telling me this, and of course, yeah. it, it's cut wrenching because you think of your child. Right, right, right. Yeah. But uh, I, I did promise him that I was going to mention that uh, they hold... Um, well, they're from Belleville yeah. and they host the Alex Sagriff Memorial Golf Tournament each year uh, in August. This year, it's August 11th and 12th. All the proceeds go to the Mental Health and the Heart and Stroke Foundation. Also, some of the proceeds go to bursaries in her name. Um, again, she she had passed away by a heart attack on her senior trip. Uh, gosh, it's hard to freaking read this. Yeah, um, It was six years ago. Uh, they started the tournament to remember the, her love of life and family and friends. And this year will be the fourth annual. Uh, it's a two-day event. It fills up very fast. Everyone wants to uh, be a part of her legacy and embrace the way she lived her life. Um, hats off to Jimmy being able to write this for me. And we, we talked about it because he said, you know, writing it, he loves it. He loves that we're sharing your story. But it's it brings up a lot of bad memories for him. Right. No but at the same time, uh, Jimmy and Sherry, fantastic people. Unbelievable. They were super nice to all of our friends and we just became unbelievable friends. Yeah. And in fact, uh, I was just talking to him a couple of nights ago and he sent me a text. He said, are you around in July? <laughs> I was like, well, well, fuck yeah, I have to work. Like, I mean, <laughs> I'm not going away for July. Right. And he said him and his girlfriend, Sherry, which another beauty too, they were contemplating on whether to go to England or come to Lance. <laughs> Nowhere to lie. <laughs> And, <laughs> and we want them to come obviously, cause we want them, we yeah. want to show them Atlanta, Canada yeah. and well, not Atlanta, Canada, but Nova Scotia right. and Lance, yeah. <laughs> I guess. And, uh, one of the funny things was he, he said, uh, I know that you guys like Sherry, so she'll probably have to have a place to say. So is there uh, any, are there any cheap hotels around? <laughs> so I just said, fuck off, Jimmy. Uh, Janice had already purchased new bedding for you guys. So <laughs> it was across the street. Oh, that's amazing. But anyway, I did want to mention uh, Alex's legacy and, and, and hopefully, uh, you know, their tournament goes off really well. And I'm sure yeah. it does. Jimmy said they always fill it. Right they, on. They raise lots of money. So, yeah. Um, anyway, Jimmy, if you're listening, pal, uh, we certainly feel for you. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, look forward to seeing you this summer. Well, yeah, I, I, I gotta meet Jimmy now. Yeah. Well, Jimmy's going to come to some ball games. Actually, he was asking me when we we're going to be in Ottawa, cause we're going to that carp right. tournament, yeah. uh, July the 23rd or whatever it is. The weekend after Tyson. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I don't know how far Belleville is from where we're going, but anyway, he was talking about it. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. Good That's dude. Great. That's Good great. Dude. Yeah, for sure. Uh, sorry to bring the tears okay, out there. Man. That's a, that's <laughs> quite a story. Yeah. Um, let's talk about pitch clock for a second. Oh yeah. Did you fucking see Manny Machado? Yes. So pitch clock, it's been a rule since spring training. <laughs> it's not going to change and he got kicked out of the game, but he still argued it. And so does his coach. I know. Like it's a goddamn rule. <laughs> I, I don't love the pitch clock. I do love the fact that it does speed the game up considerably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there was a game last week that was two hours and six minutes or two hours and yeah. 12 minutes or something. That's pretty Unheard amazing. of for Major yeah. League Baseball. Yeah. Yeah. It's usually nine hours and 50 minutes. Yeah. I know we used to say Manny being Manny for Ramirez, but now it's Machado. Or like oh, yeah. Manny being Manny. Like, yeah, come on, exactly. Man. Come on. Crazy, crazy. Yeah. And we also have the U23s are starting up, uh, I believe, 10 days from now as we record this on the 5th. When is the first game? That's... Uh, April 15th. Yeah. So it is 10 it's days coming away. Up quick, yeah. 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 Canada, best of luck Canada to, uh, opens up against uh, Venezuela. Yeah. Best of luck to all the uh, 
all of our Canadian kids that yep. are going to be participating and all of the teams, of course. Yep, for sure. Hopefully, uh, hopefully the boys in red and white can come back with a, a gold medal. Yeah, yeah that'd be pretty sick. Yes, sure. sir. Um, yeah, I'm just looking at the schedule now. They got, uh, I don't know who the WBSC team is. WBSC team? Yeah, there's in the schedule. Like Russia or something? No, no, no. I don't think they have. <laughs> oh, that's probably, no, Argentina's, no? Jeez, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, that's who they play second. Then they get Perhaps we should have researched this before the either podcast. Way, either way. <laughs> before we get. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway, best of luck, boys. Uh, bring home that gold. Speaking of gold, we have a guy yeah. coming on that's won a few. It's golden boy. Man, he's won everything. Ryan Wolf. I uh, actually, I got to bring it up in the podcast. I have to personally thank him. Okay. For not being there in that 09 game and against oh, that's Kitchener. Right. <laughs> he was not there for that no, game. No, that's right. He showed up. Uh, the next day and i'm gonna thank because chances are if he was there i probably wouldn't have won that game yeah, you know what? i've played in a few nationals against ryan i mean he's he was the epitome of captain of team canada yeah. like he the guy's a he's just amazing ball player could hit like there was nobody else in the world well you know how they say about five tool player he oh 100 five tool player. five tool for sure unbelievable but i always remember on a few occasions he would always show up late mm. uh, well, for work commitments or what teacher. have you i know he's a teacher yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but anyway, yeah, you know, we show up and then smash, then they win. (laughs) It's like you show up and then they win. So, so yeah, I can't wait to, uh, get in, talk about his career because I mean, such an illustrious career. He he got inducted last year in the IC Hall of Fame, yeah, rightfully so. And, uh, you know, can't wait to hear, you know, how how that went for him. And for sure, because no doubt that's probably a, (laughs) a big milestone in his career. I was looking at that today. There was some pretty big names that were inducted last year with Mm. him. Yep. Yeah, sure. I got to play against a lot of them too, which was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway, let's uh, let's get to Wolfie. Let's get on. Yo. All right, here we go. We are happy to have on with us today, seven-time ISC World Champion, eleven-time ISC All World Selection, twenty fifteen Pan Am and WBSC or ISF back then, world champ, and 2022 ISC Hall of Fame inductee, the one and only Ryan Wolf. Wolfie, thanks so much for coming on the podcast, pal. My pleasure. I'm uh, honored to be joining you guys tonight. It's great. Awesome. And I was running out of breath uh, with all yeah, the stuff like there. The, I was like, it was like when they were announcing Tiger Woods on the tee box. <laughs> there. Yeah. 17 times, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> That's awesome. How's, uh, how are you and the family making it? uh it's, we're great yeah uh things are a little wet here right now we've been getting a lot of rain the last few days here in london but um all good kind of wrapping up the winter sports seasons and garrett's hockey finished up on the weekend and nice. ali kind of had her final figure skating uh weekend there and other than emma she's got provincial for provincials for volleyball coming up later this month and then nationals in in may out in calgary but nice uh you're you know, busy. Man. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we're busy. We're busy, but uh, it good keeps me out of trouble. And yeah, and uh, you know, when the rain has stopped here, the weather's warming up, so it's looking a little bit more like ball weather, which I uh, can't wait to get on the field. Awesome, yeah, for sure. I, I was going to ask what's keeping you occupied these days, but I, you just rhymed her off, man. That's uh, <laughs> that's definitely yeah. keeping you occupied. Are you? Yeah, I stay I stay pretty busy. Are you Are you yeah. coaching any anything at all, like the minor hockey or anything? Uh, uh, yeah, I helped coach Garrett's uh, hockey team, and I'm coaching my I'm the head coach this year for my daughter's Allie. She's playing U17, so I'm the head coach this year for her team. So we've been doing some indoor workouts so far. We've got a 
pictures later tonight. Um, so yeah, coaching a little bit of everything. Nice. How you like, like how you like that? Oh, it's great. Yeah. Um, we, we've got a great group of girls. A lot of uh, a lot of the girls have been together for you know six, seven, eight years now. We're making the jump. We were U15 last year, and we were, were a tier two team in Ontario. They're kind of tier one, tier two. Uh, tier one teams compete to go to nationals and tier two, we, we compete to go to Eastern Canadians. And last year we finished second in the province and went out to St. John's for the Eastern Canadians. So it's a good group. We're jumping oh, up to U17, but uh, I think we got a nice, nice group heading That's into the season. Looks fantastic. Exciting. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So you're also, you're a teacher, correct? Yes. Yeah. So yes. what, uh, what do you teach? Well, I've, Phys ed for most of my career, I've been teaching phys ed for over 20 years, but this year I've just transitioned into guidance. So I've been a, I'm a guidance counselor now, and uh, it's been a nice transition. A um, little easier on the body than being <laughs> in the gym, gym all day. So <laughs> get, yeah. get to sit down for a little bit during the day now. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's nice. Still try to get up and move around and get my steps in. But yeah, but yeah no, it's, it's been a nice change. Awesome. Awesome. That's good. So, uh, I want to ask you about the uh, NHL playoffs. Who you got? Uh, who do you got? Uh, I I grew up. I'm, I'm an Oilers guy, so oh, I good. got the Oilers. Yep, I was a you know big Gretzky fan growing up, and, and still hanging on. We had some lean years there for a while, but uh, yeah, playing well. Uh, yeah, David, if he can, if McDavid and Drysaitel can replicate, you know what they what they did last playoffs, or even come close to it, I. I like their chances. Goaltending obviously is always a question mark with, yeah. with Edmonton, but I liked I liked their pickups at the trade deadline. Ekholm solidifies the back yeah. That end was a, a bit. that was so, a big pickup. Yeah, he was he was huge. I was I really didn't know he was on their radar, but that was a nice surprise. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm an Oilers fan. So let's let's hope we'll, we'll see. Wow, that's uh, I figured being from Ontario, you know, it's going to be a Leaf, Leaf <laughs> yeah. Nation there, but uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I grew up, you know, some of my best friends are diehard Leafs fans. And, you know, as you guys know, sometimes Leafs fans can be a little hard to take. So oh, gosh, I did, 100%. I go yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely. Uh, well, enough about uh, hockey then. Let's uh, let's get on to your career, man. This is, uh, I think we got a, a vast variety to talk about. <laughs> this could here. be a four-hour uh, podcast. Let's, uh, let's uh, as with every guest, uh, tell us uh, how you got your start in the game, Wolfie. Uh, yeah, so, you know, like most of your guests, especially Canadians, uh, you know, played softball in the summer, hockey in the winter. But for me, uh, my older brother played. And, you know, this, my original start, the first night was I was just out for a drive. We were up by the ballpark. Um, and the coach of my brother's team, he also had a, a son a few years older than me, but they were practicing the, the group and we pulled up and asked if I had my ball glove with me and I didn't, but we home to, to get it and, uh, went back and, and started playing. So I don't know, five, six years old, started playing, uh, and originally started playing with guys, you know, a few years older than me and, and played with them through most of my career. So that was in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I played most of my minor ball. And then, uh, you know, like, you know, back then, every small town had, you know, a softball team. Every, you could go, you know, 20 minutes, our whole league, you know, 10 teams, and then you didn't have to travel very far. And then as I got older, you know, high school, that we started sort of merging together with the guys that we were going to high school with and, and played in Glencoe. And then my first real 
jump was my final year. It would have been, I guess, U19 midget back then. Mm. Um, I played for a team in Sarnia. My best friend and I sort of left our buddies. We went and played for a team in Sarnia and we won provincials and, and then played in the nationals in New Brunswick. Okay. Year. So, so yeah, we, I'll leave it there. I, I won't give you an LZ uh, career right there. I'll, I'll <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah LZ, we were, two minutes later, we were like, uh, so he just went through his whole career over uh, <laughs> podcast over. Uh, um, yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, well, we've had a lot of, you know, a lot of the guests that we've had on here from Ontario. I mean, talking about the landscape of ball growing up there, of course, like, like you said, 20 minutes area, you'd have 10 teams, 10 to 20 teams. Really? I mean, I mean, touch on that. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ball was so great back then. And oh. it was the same thing here. Like oh. us growing up, I mean, Hopi, you can attest to this, that, you know, we had so many teams in the area in to area play alone, with, yeah. and it's not like now, but I mean, no, I mean, how fun was that growing up with that many teams? Oh, it was, it was great. And, and then there was good ball. Like it's, mm. you know, every team was solid and, uh, you know, you were playing great games all the time. It only helped with development. And as a lot of your guests have said too, you get to the midget junior provincials, you know, we'd have 40 plus teams at our provincial elimination. So getting out of Ontario was extremely difficult. And if you were, you know, those teams that, that qualified out of Ontario, you know, you were obviously heading to nationals with a pretty strong team. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And then the thing, the, the battle that you went through to get there, I think was, you know, beneficial for you once you got to nationals, because you were already playing at that top caliber, right? Oh yeah. Like I, I know, you know, when our, my second to last year of junior, you know, we beat Napanee, you know, with Robbie O'Brien, Jody Ait, and Paul Rosebush all on the roster. Wow. You know? like you're wow. Playing, you're, 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 you know, you're playing three future, you know, Hall of Canada members, <laughs> you know, Hall of Famers, exactly. Yeah. In, in, uh, in junior. So to get through that, you know, you know, you've, you're playing good ball and, and playing against great competition. Gosh, yes, for yeah, sure. For sure. So maybe touch on, uh, on your junior days. What, uh, uh, you know, Tell us about uh, tell us about that. Yeah, so I I played uh, most of my junior with Fingal, which eventually sort of became the St. Thomas team that, that were played in nationals. And uh, I guess oh you ninety know, seven was the year. I guess we beat you know the nap that strong Napanee team uh, with Robbie and Jody and Rosie and the whole whole crew. And we we got to nationals. It was our first, sort of our first taste of nationals, and and didn't perform the way we would have liked. And then the following year in 98, uh, we had Rob Schweier throwing for us. So back then, you know, he was the man, <laughs> you know, yeah. he was, he was dominant. So that, having him on the mound, um, you know, we were in every game. And so we won provincials that year. I think it'd be Paul Court was throwing for, um, maybe Owen Sound or Napanee at the time. Um, we beat him in the finals and then we went on and we won, um, the nationals that year out in Grand Prairie, Alberta. And again, beating, you know, Trevor Ethier, Quentin Matzner, uh, we're playing for Saskatoon. We I think we beat them in the finals. So. Man, that was, that had to be an awesome experience. Oh yeah. Great, great experience. Um, again, in, uh, in Grand Prairie, they were drawing big crowds and, uh, yeah, I think we won four, three in the, in the final. So it was a back and forth game. It was really exciting. Nice. Nice. So what was it, uh, what was it like stepping into senior play, you know, right out of junior? Cause I mean, senior in Ontario at that time must have been, you know, crazy. 
Oh my goodness. And, and I was fortunate because not only like our Fingal team, there was also a Fingal senior men's team as well. So I was sort of doing double duty for a few while I was playing junior, I was also playing with the senior team and, you know, um, back then we had what was called the Molson ISC league here. And, you know, we, the teams that we were playing, you know, the, the Gators, Owen sound, the Waterloo twins, you know, facing, you know, Darren Zach, Frank Cox, Brad Underwood. Um, You know, that was our, those were our league games, Grant Patterson, you know, the list just went on and on. So for me as a, you know, my early, early, you know, I'd be in my early twenties and, playing junior, but also already playing senior. Um, you know, I, you know, I was seeing great pitching all the time. And then in 99, when I was done junior stepped in and, and was playing full-time, you know, senior, you know, and it was, you know, I, I just, I had had enough experience already that I kind of knew what to expect, but you could only help but get better um, facing the kind of pitching that we were seeing. And, well, of course. And, and the hitters too. So, <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine playing in a league with yeah. Zachy and, yeah. and are you 23 players are facing you? <laughs> on Thursday nights, Randy. <laughs> yeah, that's not much. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. yeah, but at least they, they at least they get yeah, to face no, was, they get to face was, skulls. So at least they get lots of at bats because yeah. typically yeah. they're up four or five times yeah. a game. Yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah. Okay, man. Sorry, okay. Randy. Sorry. That's okay. But but still, Wolfie. I mean, you know, getting to face oh, Z Man and any of those guys, any of those guys, yeah. that was definitely beneficial for your game at that time. Oh yeah, and and it was a huge learning curve. I remember. I don't know if I was playing senior yet or whether I was just called up for some exhibition games. And I think we played a doubleheader against Owen Sound. So the first game, they've got Frank Cox on the mound. The next game, they've got Brad Underwood. And, you know, coming in as a young, you know, that's that's what you want to see. And and again, I am probably being a little naive and, and maybe full of myself at, at the time as a, a youngster. I walked in and Frank Cox threw a rise ball and I swung through it. And I thought, wow, I can do that again. And through me. <laughs> Two, two more rise balls and I swung through and went and sat down. So, <laughs> you know, you, you either, either learn and make the adjustments or you're going to be walking up, seeing three pitches and walking back yeah, to the bench. So, yeah, yeah. you know, it really, really, really helped my development 100%. Yeah, no doubt. No, no 99, that was, uh, that was your first ISC tournament. With, you were with Oshawa Gators, correct? Yeah, so I had had a pretty good um year again i was coming on the scene not too many guys knew who i was so i had a pretty good year in league that year and uh, we didn't qualify fingal team didn't qualify but the gators did so they actually picked me up for the iscs that year and um you know that was a great experience to attend my first iscs um, with the legendary team like the gators so what was it you know that first one for you um that had to be a pretty eye-opening experience i mean getting on that stage for the first time yeah, it, it was. And, and I was a pickup. So then they already had a pretty deep roster. Right. So I didn't get a whole lot of playing time. But, but I knew that I made that choice, you know, going in. Um, Waterloo had also qualified and, and had, you know, reached out to see if I was interested in going with them. But again, to, to get that experience and, and go with a team like the Gators, it was just yeah great, a great experience. And, and the veterans, veteran guys there, you know, you know, Adam or Adam Smith and Chris Jones and Chuck Hendricks and, and those guys were really good to just sort of take me under their wing and, and just talk the game and, and go through things. And it was just a real, a real good learning experience for me, even though I didn't get a whole lot of playing time. Right. You know, the realization when you're a young guy to actually 
tell yourself that, yeah, I know I'm not going to play a lot, but the, the amount of experience I'm going to gain from being with these legends, that's huge for, and says a lot about who you are and why you did so well in the future, actually. Yeah. Oh, thank you. No, you're more than welcome. Definitely I'm, here to, I'm here to pump your tires. <laughs> I, appreciate, I appreciate that, Hobie. I'm a tire pumper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Wolfie, would you say uh, 2000 was, you know, your, your breakout year, would you say? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, yeah, so that 99 year at Nationals, we had, again, I think uh, Brian Patton was playing with us and, you know, and just talking with him and again, a, a mentor of mine. And I learned so much from Brian over the years and, and wanted to, you know, be a, you know, kind of lead off batter and player that, that he was, you know, he just said, you know, there's some opportunities out there if, if I wanted them. And, and yeah, um, had a few teams express some interest in, in me going down and playing for them in the States and, and was fortunate enough. I, I made the choice to go with broken bow. And again, you know, one of the best decisions I've, I've made in my softball career for sure was, um, joining them and, and the program that Doc Simmons had there. Yeah. As I was going to mention Doc, uh, you know, big name in our game. What, uh, what was it like playing for him all those years? Oh, it, it was great. Um, he, he just ran such a professional style of, of organization. You know, he was very clear in his expectations. Everything was business-like. Um, he had very high expectations for how we played and how we conducted ourselves. Uh, you know, the first meeting of every year, you know, he, he would lay it out that, you know, if you, if you are, you wake up in the morning and you're not ready to play, you know, just leave your uniform at my door. You know, mm-hmm. he doesn't want us. So, um, learned a lot from doc and, and being surrounded by the, the teammates and players that he put together, um, really helped. Yeah. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, uh, we got to touch on that on that two thousand one year because I mean that was your that was your first of seven titles and you know the first one's always special. How how <laughs> yeah. how awesome was that first one? Yeah, jeez. Um, um, just yeah, I can still remember the last pitch. Uh, we just we just had a, a confidence that year at the IOCs. It just didn't seem to matter. Obviously, having Musi throwing the way he was and Schweier as a number two or you know one A one B basically um, back then. Um, you had, had a lot of confidence that teams weren't going to score a whole lot of runs off off of us. And you know, I remember in the final, the farm scored one in the first and, and didn't even phase us. I think we came back and scored three in the bottom of the first and went on to win 6-1. Wow. Um, I think the closest game we played all week was a 4 nothing game against Edmonton. Um, we just wow. we were just in, in a comfort zone and, and just – you know, played extremely well all week. And yeah, obviously that first one you win is, is very special and very memorable. No doubt. No doubt. Now you, t- you talked, touched on Musi there. I mean, how good was he in that time frame when you were <laughs> broken bow? Cause he was lights out. <laughs> the, the years I played with him in, in the early two thousands with broken bow, he was, you know, he was the best on the planet at the time without question. And, and just amazing to watch watch him throw and and made he made my job as a as a fielder pretty easy because there weren't that many balls being played. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Hard to sure. drop them when they're not hit to you. Yeah, well, I can <laughs> yeah. like I can remember in '97 and '98 here in Nova Scotia when he was with you know with the Keys and then the Jaguars when they won nationals in '98. And after the '98 nationals, it's like you know he he went down to the states and just became absolutely dominant and i think that's probably due to the fact you know 
the one foot back off the rubber. Oh yeah. Definitely helped his game a lot. Yeah. Yeah. He was a different pitcher with, with one foot back and you know, what did he go? 23 straight games. Yeah. You know, without losing at the ISCs. That's unreal. You know, and it's not like he was pitching just the early week games. He was pitching on the final week and the the farm tavern and the County materials and, and all the big boys too, and still, still winning. So what he did over that span was, was impressive. Yeah, for sure. Now, what, what was it like playing on the ISC circuit in the early 2000s? Because, I mean, you had the who's who of ball at that point. Because, I mean, you had the, the guys like, you know, Meredith and, and Peaches and, and Z-Man, you know, winding down. But then you also had the other guys coming in the game that it was just a great time for ball. It it really was. I, I you know, again, a little biased, but I think it was the best era of ball. I, I was able to catch, like mm-hmm. you said, those the Merediths and and Peaches towards the end and Zach towards the end of their careers, but also, you know, right in the heart with, you know, the Todd Martins and the Dean Holbein yeah. and yeah. Corey Gurus and you know, again, like I said earlier on, when you're traveling to these tournaments, you know, all over the states and you're facing these types of pitchers every weekend again you either get better or you know you're not going to be invited back to, to yeah. the team yeah. you, That's right. you know like you, you've got to make those adjustments and and uh, perform so again the development throughout those that time was, was awesome but it was great ball you had you know just all kinds of great teams um yeah it was a great a great era of ball in my opinion it was the era big time yeah big yeah. time <laughs> No, besides that, uh, besides that first title with Broken Bow, what uh, any other big memories? You know, was your time with them stand out to you? Uh, with Bow, I think it was pretty impressive what we did when we merged with the Spirit, and you know, to to win with your first year with a merged team, and then go back to back as well, um, the 03, 04. And again, we had a, a strong team, but you never know when you're bringing in, you know, different personalities and how everyone's going to gel. And, you know, you know, you, you're replacing players that were friends and teammates for a few years and um, people have to accept different roles. So I thought we did really well to be able to, you know, form um, as a, a newly formed team in, in 2003 and then to back it up in 04. Um, again, was a pretty great accomplishment. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. That's we un- would say, that, yes. That's unreal. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. what uh, what led to the move to the farm? Um, the, the Broken Bow team was kind of um, just dispersing a little bit. Um, Doc, Doc was going through some issues and really wasn't looking to maybe – put the same type of team or was just going through some changes in, in his personal life. And, and for me, it was just a good opportunity and doc and I, you know, we're still very close. We're good friends. Um, and I respect him and he, he was, he told me to, you know, he was okay if I went and, and looked elsewhere. And for me, there were, I had a couple of opportunities, but uh, when I looked at the, the roster of the farm and, you know, a lot of my close friends and especially a lot of my teammates at that time with Team Canada, it was a, a no brainer to to transition and, and move to the farm. Yeah. And what's crazy to me is, you know, the team teams that you had when you were there, the fact that, you know, you got you, you came close to to getting one with the farm, but, I mean, you know, just came shy of, of getting <laughs> yeah. it. But I mean... 
what uh you know what was it like playing with that assembled roster because i mean it was it was pretty stacked yeah, stupid oh it was it was ridiculous act and yeah just came came up short uh i don't know what it was obviously we had county in the, the first year in 2005 you know we should have won that one you go into the to the seventh with a three nothing lead yeah. should be able to close it out but again you're also playing a pretty stacked lineup on the other other side yeah for sure um and and then the following year you know we lost the game early we ha- ended up having to meet county you know earlier on the final day than we should have and even in that game it was there was an in- interruption uh rain delay so we were starting to, we were down a little and we were starting to make a little run and then we the rain came and they actually sent us back to our hotels and then we had to come back to finish the game so it was a little bit of a disjointed game you know a lot of people think that was probably the sort of the gold medal the championship game you know just mm-hmm. played a little bit earlier uh but again you know you're playing against you're playing against great teams and you know you can't you can't win them all and if you don't you know sometimes you just you just get beat you yeah. know and, and unfortunately that year even though with with the lineup we had you know you're going to lose some of those games and we unfortunately lost uh lost those two yeah i wasn't going to bring up that 2005 final but i mean that, <laughs> yeah that that definitely had to be a tough one for you man that's uh fray three yeah. nothing going in the bottom going in the seventh and yeah, that was a tough one. And again, it's one of those games where you just sort of remember everything. It was uh, the first batter with Jared Martin. It was a 3-2 count. And Guru threw, you know, a rise ball just above the belt. You know, it could have been called a strike. And it wasn't in that situation called a ball. That would have changed the whole dynamic of the inning. Mm-hmm. And, and then a couple home runs later, we're, we're tied and we're going to extra innings. And so, yeah, it's way of, that's why we play the game, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh then it was off to Kitchener, or I guess it was Aurelia first, wasn't it? Aurelia, and then turned into Kitchener. Yeah, yeah, yeah Aurelia yeah, yeah. for a year, and then just that sort of transitioned and merged into Kitchener. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, some very memorable, memorable years there. This is where I get to see you firsthand. Um, mm. How fun were those years with the Twins? Because, I mean, you guys were dominant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, not, Yeah, we had a great team. But just a great group of guys, you know, some of my best friends in the game, we all played together and, you know, not only did we have a good time, but, you know, we were doing well on the, on the field too, and, and had a pretty good run there for, for a few years. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mentioned this to Hopi in the, in, when we recorded our intro here, uh, <laughs> I personally have to thank you for the 09 nationals and not being there at that game. <laughs> oh, he would, he would have owned you for- Wolfie, he would have owned you anyway. Yeah, I know he would have. I know he would have. I'd have been over three. Probably. Yeah, over three so with I, three I, fly balls to the fence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mike, Mike Grant yeah, I pressed up. I, don't, I was going to say, I don't think you owe me. I think you owe Mike Grant for that game. Hundred percent, definitely. Oh man, I, I had to throw that in there. I definitely I had. I. I would have been disappointed if you didn't throw that one in. I knew that. I knew it was coming. Oh man. Well, we'll that was get, a highlight for you, Framer. We'll, we'll so, never take it away from you. Oh, man, thank you. Thank you very much. You're um, I'm going to move on to Team Canada here. Of course, we're going to go back to ISC Hall of Fame and everything. Yep. But uh, I want to jump yep. into Team Canada here. Um, yeah. Talk about getting named to the team for the first time. Because, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I can remember your story 
on Dust Up with Lily and Holly. No, Lily and yeah. Holly, remember? Oh, oh right. <laughs> yeah. Lily and Holly. We just did an interview with Dom Del Masio. Yeah. Was that? That's the guy. <laughs> and, he, and he was calling him Lily and Holly. So Dom, Dom, I hope you're listening. Dom, I, yeah, Dom <laughs> if you're listening, you're not going to live this one down, buddy. But uh, anyway, the, the story about 2000 and Team Canada and, you know, the whole yeah. camp there. It, tell tell our, our listeners about that one because I loved it. Yeah, I mean, so it wasn't ended, good for you, but <laughs> no, well, it, it ended up turning out okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, going in as a young guy again, my first real Team Canada camp, and you know, you're just in awe of all of the names that you're, you know, on the field with. They're, you know, going out for the meals and everything with. It was uh, the who's who of Canadian softball at that time. And so, anyways, I go in and we training for a couple of days and we get into the inner squad games and the, the first inner squad game and I hit a double, I think my first at bat, my next at bat, I hit one into the gap and rounded second and fielder bobbled it a little bit. So I thought, ah, you know, I'll show off my speed and let's take third. So I'm coming into third and not really seeing any indication from the third base coach that anything's happening. And then sort of last minute I see third baseman sort of reach for the ball and now try to avoid a tag. So I'm sort of, flop into third base and um, lay in there and I know something's not great and uh, yeah truth be told I dislocate my my shoulder sliding into third and um, everyone's kind of looking at me and I'm laying there in pain and all I see is our physiotherapist come running across the field and she's kicking off her shoes she knew exactly what had happened and she's kicking off her shoes as she's running across the field and I'm laying there she's Plops down, puts her feet into my ribs, grabs my arm, and I got a few guys leaning over me, seeing what's going on. And she, you know, pops oh, my shoulder back God into damn place, it. right on the field. <laughs> oh man! Holy you know, and geez. all the all the I, you know, the three three or four guys leaning over me, they're all, all turning their head and squeamish. They're like, "Oh my God, what did they just see?" And uh, so, anyways, you know, I'm walking around. I'm I'm in a, a sling. You know, they, I go to the hospital, get it checked out. Um, you know, I, I went to the coaching staff and I said, you know, we're in Oshawa. I said, I'm two hours from home. I'm done for the week. I just, I'll just go home. And they're like, no, no, no. Stay around, hang out you know, with the guys. I'm like, okay, whatever. I didn't have anything else going on. So I hang around for the week and we get to the end of the week in the players meetings and they call me in and I'm expecting nothing but bad news. And, and they just said to me, you know, we, and like what you see, we, we've seen, and you know, we know you can play and, and if you can get that shoulder healthy, you know, you're on the team. So shit. <laughs> I I went bounce, bouncing out of the, <laughs> the room and dislocated my knee. And then, went, <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> and then, you know, basically went to physio every day and that was early May. And I think we were leaving for South Africa around the July long weekend, just around there. And, you know, I busted my ass to get healthy and, yeah, I was able to to make it work. So, oh, that's yeah. an awesome story, man. That's, Love it. That's awesome. Now, did like can you did you put any pressure on yourself at all? Like going into like because I mean you had uh, you, I mean going into that going into that you would have been like, well, man, I gotta I kind of gotta perform here for the next month and a half. Yeah, I think so. I I, I think you know I, I wanted to prove myself that I was going to be healthy enough to to play and perform and you know it was a probably a month before i was even back on but played a couple of tournaments and yeah i think you, you always want to prove yourself you know prove that you you're healthy enough or, or capable of, so yeah there'd be 
you know, some pressure for sure. Mm. So what was that, uh, what was that first ISF like down South Africa? Yeah, it, it was, it was amazing. Again, the players that I was surrounded by, um, again, similar to almost the 06 ISCs, we, we, we lost a game to Australia, which put us in a bit of a hole and we had to play New Zealand again earlier than, than we expected. Um, we lost a close one to them, 3-2, which, mm-hmm. which eliminated us. Um, we fin- finished fourth. But again, playing on that stage, it's a totally different level. When, whenever you're representing your country, you know, you obviously want to perform and, yeah. and yeah. Uh, do, do everything you can. But um, again, in that year, you know, again, I wasn't, we had five outfielders there, you know, and it was you're Colin Abbott. Brian Patton, Rob Gray, Paul Rosebush, and myself. So we had a pretty good five that we could roll through. <laughs> Man, alive. So you must have been like a, a sponge at that point in your career, right? I mean, being Ab- with all those absolutely, guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, and then listening to your podcast with Dallas Kiffer, you know, he talked about being a sponge. And that's, mm-hmm. you just ask questions. And, and those guys were all great. You know, they were, Paul Rosebush and I were the two young guys on the team. And, you know, they called us the twins because we just did everything together and kind of we're both sort of quiet and shy, but you're just absorbing everything you can well, from okay. them and, you know, how they can, condu- how they conduct themselves, how they mm-hmm. prepare for games, and, you know, and, and it was a different level of compete. You know, I, I think, I don't know if I told this story on, on, uh, Holly and Lily's uh, podcast. <laughs> <or> not, but, <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Love you guys. Uh, I remember one of the, yeah, I love you guys. Um, I, I think it was one of the first games I was play, playing. There was a pickoff at second base and the base runner dove back in, but Adam Smith just sort of grabbed the ball, stepped on the guy's hand as he was trying to slide back in the bag, tagged him out and just ran off the field. It was nothing. So just how hard you slide, how hard you tag, how hard you oh, just yeah. play and compete yeah. was just another level from, from anything I had seen before. Wow. Yeah. And actually, I, and I remember you, uh, another story you told on, on with them that, uh, I think you were out here playing a tune up game and, you know, you had swung at a first pitch and then you and Abby were talking mm-hmm. out and like, yeah. as you were warming up and, and Terry Bader kind of, kind of got mad at you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, again, it was, you know, I'm a, I was always my career first ball, fastball hitter. I was a very aggressive hitter and I came into a situation as a pinch hitter and swung at the first pitch with runners on base and run in scoring position and popped out and, and Abby was great. You know, he just, as we were going out to the outfield to get warmed up, he just walked with me and talked about how in certain situations, you know, and he appreciated my approach, you know, and how aggressive I am, but he said in certain, certain situations, you know, uh, taking a pitch and getting comfortable, getting your timing down, you yeah. know, is important in those big situations. And again, you got someone like Colin Abbott yeah, you're giving listening. you yeah. <laughs> batting tips. You're going to take that to heart for sure. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. I, it was, it was great being surrounded by, you know, such talented guys, but they were so, so good to me to, um, you know, just help me learn the game even, even more. Yeah, for sure. Especially at that level, yeah. at that level. So I got a question, Ryan. So your actual mental approach, I kind of want to go through it with uh, as far as uh, before the game. And this is kind of, you know, what you're talking about learning from all these guys. When you would get to a situation where let's just pretend it's a uh, it's a key game in a tournament. What What is your mental approach prior to the game itself? Like when you're getting warmed up and what have you? Or what was uh, it? I, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm trying to observe and take in whatever I can, uh, whether it's 
if I'm out in the outfield, you know, shagging balls, shagging fly balls, I'm watching, you know, the other fielders and watching the arm strength, those sorts of things. Um, you know, so who can I attack? Who, you know, if the ball goes to them in the outfield, can I take the extra base on them? Those sorts of things. And then for me, you know, and we often would do a lot of, especially in the big games with Team Canada, you know, we're looking at, um, we're talking about the pitchers we might face and, right. and strategies and those things going through, you know, at bats that I'd had previously and how they pitched me, how the catchers like to, you know, try to pitch to me because, you know, that's almost more important than how the pitchers throw because it's often what the catchers think they can get you out on or how right. they're going to attack the at bat. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are the biggest things for me, just trying to take in whatever sort of information I can that's going to help me during the game. Love it. Nice. Love that stuff so did, much. Did you ever get to look in Obi's black book and see what he had written on you? Or? <laughs> never, never did. No, but, but I, I know I, I played against him long enough and I faced him long enough. I, I know how he wanted to get me out and how a lot of, a lot of those catchers wanted to try yeah. and get me out. So yeah, yeah. but no, he, he wouldn't share it with me and we, we traveled together a lot and we talked ball a ton, but uh, he, he kept the, the black book pretty, pretty yeah. close to it. Yeah. Rightfully so. I mean, that was uh that's yeah, a, that's absolutely. A, that's a legend, legendary thing for him, and it, I just love hearing the story about absolutely. it. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Just one thing about mental approach, and I just want to talk about it because yeah. we we teach a lot of kids, or we're trying to teach a lot of kids, and it can start at the yeah. youngest of age too. Um, like you oh. said, watching and and kind of recognizing the who is who on the ball field. You know, your your opponent who has an arm, who doesn't have an arm, blah blah blah. But also the the mental approach to your at bats, um, and we try to tell kids now. And it's tough because a lot of them don't get it, obviously, because they're young. But even like the U17 level or even U23 level, you have to kind of, uh, I remember listening to Colin uh, when we we had Abby on and he said, you know, you got me with that pitch the first time. You're not getting getting me the second time with it. Like his approach was you can't get it by me. I'm going to adjust to, like you said before, you have to make those adjustments. Um, I do love the fact that the, the game is more mental than it is physical. And I just, I want those kids to start realizing that stuff. And even those U23 kids that are listening right now, mm. realize that shit. Listen to this guy talking to us right now. Yeah. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I've, you know, over the last couple of years, I've, I've done some, I did a base running webinar for some, for, yeah. which is across Canada. And mm-hmm. I, 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 I used to, or the last cycle with the Canada summer games team, Scott Searle, who coached the Ontario team would have me come out to some of their camps, you know, when they were around me in, in uh, Ontario and I'd talk about base running and really all I do is I go around, you know, when I'm at first base, these are the things I'm, I'm looking for when I'm at second base, these are the things I'm looking for when I'm at third base and all of the sort of little cues and things I'm looking to take advantage of when I'm on the base paths. Right. And, and like you said, at the plate, you know, pitchers if they think they they got you out the last time on this pitch it's probably they're going to come back to it at some point um and it's just a matter of making those adjustments and yeah like abby said don't not going to get it by me again that's right Mm. and he proved it a lot (laughs) yeah (laughs) he sure did yeah actually one thing that i remember that that you said uh you know talking with hilly and lolly about uh the (laughs) the uh tagging from second and scoring yeah we were talking about that prior to the yeah yeah, yeah. um i like what you said about you know if it was a fly ball to right field you were like okay well you know the second baseman's going out there and usually he doesn't have a, yep. an arm to throw and i i thought that yep. was just 
that was awesome. Like, and if other other people heard that, they'd be like, oh, that makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the example I used was from the ISCs. I did it. um, And again, I I don't remember who was playing the the middle infield, but it was a sort of a tailing ball into the right field corner. So not only were they making the catch on the run, so they're Mm. going to take a few, a few steps before they can get stopped. They're going to come to the cutoff at second base and they're not expecting you either to try and score from second on. No, that's right. Yeah. On a fly ball. So you're, you're not only that you're catching them off guard a little bit and it is the second baseman's arm. And, you know, and again, I think nothing against second baseman. They're phenomenal defenders. But as you mature, as you get older, the kids with the stronger arms are going to be playing third base shortstop, the left side of the infield, not, not the right side. So it's just looking for those little things to take advantage of. Um, simple, but make a big difference in, in a big game. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And it's funny. We, uh, was telling Hopi about this when we were talking before we start recording about, uh, there's a kid in our, our league, uh, Nick white. He's not, he's with Hill United now. Um, uh, and, oh, okay. and he, uh, he's, he's like a deer on the base pass and he did it. He yeah. did it this year in league fly ball to center field. He took, he tagged from second to third, yeah. but he just kept going. <laughs> he made her home yeah. and, that, and that, and I was pitching. That. I don't even think there was a throw at the plate. I don't like, know. So quick. And th- that's the first thing I thought of when he, I was like, here, Whitey's being wolfy. Like what is going on here? <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, that's, that's, no, that's awesome. I love to hear that because really you're not expecting it. It's no. the biggest thing. No. no, no, not at all. I've actually watched yeah. Sandy score on a slow roller to shortstop from second base before. Mm, yep. Infield ball. Yeah. So the, in, it was hit to the infield. It was a slow roller to shortstop. So we had to charge the ball to make a play at first and he rounded third and scored. Wow. From second. Yeah. But the, the first baseman had no idea he was going home. Right. Like it was one of those, yeah. holy shit, this guy's crazy. Like, and they're also thinking, <laughs> yeah. they're also thinking it's Sandy who's a catcher, but, but he is quick. He can wheel, man. Yeah. Don't let yeah. him hear that. He'll kill you. <laughs> he, he, he say, Sandy can wheel. He can run, yeah. man. Yeah. Damn straight he could. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Wolfie, I want to talk about 2013, that year yep. after New Zealand. You thought, like, you were done after 2013, mm-hmm. weren't you? Yeah, I was. I, I didn't play yeah, I sees I was I was retired. I was done playing. Yeah. So or so I thought. <laughs> yeah, so you thought. So I mean yeah. what what was the driving force in, in getting you back? Was it the the fact that Pan Ams and ISFs were in Canada? Yeah, that was a big one. And and I think you know, part of me just felt like there was some unfinished business. And I remember even in our team Canada meeting at the end of the ISFs in 2013, they, they made mention, I think LZ and I were standing in the corner or sitting over in the corner. And, you know, they just mentioned that, you know, we had some unfinished business and hopefully, you know, even a couple of the old guys weren't going to hang them up. And I knew I was, I I had a feeling, you know, to keep playing and, and he, and he obviously for sure should have, um, but for me, the the real factor that changed uh, my opinion was uh, one: both Pan Ams and and the WBSCs ISFs were going to be in Canada. But the Pan Ams was the was something that I had never experienced. You know, to play in the multi sport Pan Am game, right. so to have that opportunity um, really made me reevaluate things. Yeah. yeah, no doubt that was incredible. It was. I mean, well, let's talk about the ISFs first, because I mean, don't say Holly. Or Lily. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can't. I mean, somebody had a pretty big game in that in that I'll finals. But I mean, for you yeah. person, for you personally, that uh, 
that last one. I mean, to go out on top and win that, that must have been amazing. Yeah, it was. I'd been through some disappointments before and, you know, every, every ISFs I played and we always had done really well in, in round Robin, um, and just never seemed to be able to put it together to bring home the gold and to finally do it. And the way it started out, you know, it was, <laughs> it was, I, I, I remember standing up on the bench and just saying to myself, like, not again, this, this <laughs> yeah. can't, can't happen again, just the way it was going. And then, yeah. Horny got us going with a big hit and yep. things just sort of snowballed from there. And like you said, somebody uh, had a pretty, pretty big game that day. <laughs> yeah. 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 And yeah. That was crazy. That was, that was awesome. I mean, what was well, it, what was the atmosphere like in the, like that you can remember uh, in there that day? You know, electric that, that stadium when oh, it gets, gets filled up, it was, it's unbelievable. And we had multiple games, even in 09, and uh, the playoff game in 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 2015, the fans, they're passionate out there. They're a little bit rowdy, which is nice, and they just get right into it. Uh, yeah, one of the best atmospheres, you know, ever get the chance to play in is, is there for sure. Nice. 100%. And Pan Ams, were, were they a week later or two weeks? Yeah, somewhere in the middle, about yeah. 10 days or something like that. We got home and it was sort of a turnaround. We were about a week. We were heading to the village, Athletes Village. Well, at least, at least game, you were pretty so. close, though. I mean, that must have been yeah. awesome, you know, having family and friends there. Yeah, that was probably the best part of the whole thing. Lots of family and friends were showing up all week. And, you know, Megan and the kids were able to come for the final weekend in the gold medal game. And just to share that experience with them was was really special where were the games actually played they were played in ajax okay sort of just yeah. a bit east of east of east toronto, of toronto right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah and you had opie's haircut that week too <laughs> <laughs> oh that was and again you guys have talked about it on your cast before but Oh, Mason couldn't couldn't get it out fast enough. He couldn't send the pictures out fast enough. That haircut, and you know, as as lots of people say, Opie's one of the best to watch when he gets out at, at the plate. You can just tell how imagine how furious he was. Like that. <laughs> oh, it's so awesome to laugh about it now, though. I love it. Uh, well, I'm, I'm sure you guys were laughing about it then. <laughs> we were, and despite our safety probably being in jeopardy. <laughs> Opie being so mad, but yeah. yeah. It was, <laughs> but it, but then again, it's things like those that you know kind of calms the nerves, really, and yeah. you know in situations like that. Oh yeah, exactly. You know, and those are the memories mm. that we have. Oh god, yeah. Those sorts of things, and and Opie probably didn't appreciate it at the time, but it's a it's a memory <laughs> we all laugh about now. Yeah, yeah. So I mean that that ended like you knew you were done after that, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah I was. For sure, I was done after uh, the 2015 the Pan Ams. Yeah. That, that was my swan song. And a, I'm just fortunate to I go, go out the way I did. No, exactly. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. Now, before we get to the Hall of Fame induction, uh, who were um, who were some of the pitchers that you know over your career that you know gave you fits, or, or were there any? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, there there were, and and Marty will appreciate this, but I always say Marty. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah, was was one of the toughest pitchers I faced, and again I faced him my whole career. You know, he was always in his his longevity was incredible, and but for me, 
you know, a guy like Todd who, you know, would throw a change up any pitch, you know, he'd throw me first pitch of the game, he'd throw a change up and just get it in my head yeah. and, and, and had all the pitches and just a competitor. Um, he was, he was tough. Um, Adam Folkard as well. well you know, yeah. I, I got to see him. He was towards the, towards the end of my, my career and, and I got to play with him for a year as well, but you know, he was just so good and so dominant and threw so hard. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot like, again, in our game, as you know, it's, it's a game of failure. You're, mm. if you, if you're getting hit three, four times out of 10, you're, you're, yeah, you're, you're awesome. Potential Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, that's right. yeah, yeah, that's right. There's, there's a long, long list, but, um, those two jump out. Even Zach, I saw Zach at the end of his career, you know, he just gave everyone fits mm. until, you know, um, yeah, there's a long, long, long list. Yeah. For sure. Now, speaking of Hall of Famers, I mean, you got inducted last year. Uh, what were the emotions like when you got word you were going in? Yeah, it's, it's emotional. It really is. Um, for me, the whole process was a little disjointed just the way it played out. Like I was nominated in 2020 or, or named, I guess, in 2020. And then something was going on in the world and yeah. they yeah. didn't host in 2020. So I... So then even in 2021, things hadn't really corrected themselves and there were still some travel restrictions and coming back across, you know, they were going to be held in the States and then coming back across, you know, there was going to be some quarantine time. So uh, Musi and I were were in constant communication throughout all this and he had family members, family yeah. and friends from, that he wanted to attend, decided that we would defer our induction if they would allow it until 2022 but okay. yeah it's it's such an honor you know to to be named to the hall of fame you don't you know it's very cliche but you don't play the game to get inducted into the hall of fame no. that's something that you know comes after your career but it's it's quite an honor to feel you know to to know that you know the committee and the, the hall of fame committee feels that what i did over the course of my career was worthy of being named to the hall of fame hmm. For sure. It's awesome, man. Must have been nice going in with Boxy and uh, Musi as well. Yeah, that was great. And I was so happy when uh, when Musi and I were named together, you know, because, you know, I owe so much to Musi and he's just one of those special, not only players, but human beings. <laughs> you know, he's just a great all-around person. And we had shared so much success together, especially early on in our career. And then Boxy joined, you know, Broken Bow in 2001 and we shared a lot of of good times and championships with him as well. So yeah, to have those two guys and, and even Reese, you know, Reese yeah. was with yeah, the broken yeah, bow sure. spirit. So yeah. we had won some titles and, and battled together and, and he's a great uh, player and teammate and friend as well. Um, Travis, you know, the whole, the whole, Travis was, in, was yeah. in there too. Yeah. Travis Wilson. Yeah. The whole, the whole class, I had never had the opportunity to play with Travis. And I mentioned that in my, my speech, but you know, we'd battled against each other and just knowing what he has done in the game, not only softball, but baseball as well. Mm. And what he's, what he's still doing in yes. the game of softball, yeah. you know, a lot of, a lot of respect for Travis. So it was nice that he was part of it. And, and Bob McGowan, the the sixth inductee was, was an administrator and, and on the executive of that ISC league when I started playing in Ontario. So, so I had a connection with Bob oh, wow. as well. So wow, that's great. it was, yeah, no, it was a great class to be a part of. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well deserved too. We should start a Hall of Fame down here in Bill's basement. 
<laughs> Frick sakes. Let's carry on. All right, Wolfie. Good uh good way to segue into player association here. Um okay. I'm sure you know what what's taking place here. I, I'm gonna throw some names I to do. you. <laughs> I'm I'm curious who you're gonna pick. So, All right. Yeah. First one off the get go, Brian Patton. Oh god, nuts. Yeah. What a you know, a mentor for me. I I remember it might have been in '99 at the Canadian, early on, anyways. They used to do the Diamond Dirt. I don't remember those. John, yep. yes, love those. Yep, definitely loved um, it. You know, da- da- daily newsletter. Yeah, yeah. And he, and the one day he had quotes or some some from some fans. And one of the fans said something about me being, you know, a young Brian Patton. And for me, that was both the ultimate compliment I could oh, receive wow. yeah. um, to be considered. You know, um, being sort of. Put alongside someone like Brian Patton, but a uh, great guy, great mentor. Uh, always love running into him. You know, still to this day when I see him, hell of a ball player. Obviously, um, yeah, can't say enough good things about Brian. Nice, right on. Uh, next up, friend of the show, Jazzy Jared Martin. Oh, Jazz! <laughs> um, just an unbelievable talent. Like he was just so good and i couldn't believe you know when i started playing with him with broken bow like jared martin was established and had done so many things in the game it's only a couple years older than me like Mm -hmm. i I couldn't believe for everything that he had accomplished that he was you know at the time only a couple years older than me but you know could play anywhere yeah like not only was he a phenomenal hitter knew the game so well Mm. but you know played a great first base could play the outfield with us you know he played the outfield for some time in some tournaments with us with could do it all and just uh, again just a great human being really good friend um yeah really just jazz is fantastic yeah Yeah. and wouldn't he like during the course of the season like you know always let first pitch go by and then you know, come ISCs and <laughs> big games, he just be like, "Oh, I'm taking off on the first bit." <laughs> yeah, he he was he just he just knew the game so well and had his had his tactics and strategies, and he stuck to them. And yeah, he would take he wouldn't swing until he had a strike. Mm. But then again, sort of set, setting pitchers up, they yeah. thought they could sneak, sneak one by him, and next thing he's smashing it. <laughs> and he he actually at the one ISCs we were playing the. New York spirit and Cox was pitching and he went to call time and the umpire didn't give him time. So he kind of stepped out of the box a bit, but the umpire didn't give him time. So Cox, he just sort of laid one over the plate and Jared stepped back in and hit it out of the park. (laughs) (laughs) That's playing them again. (laughs) Yeah. That's amazing. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Uh, Next up, another friend of the show and another Kiwi, uh, Thomas Macchia. Oh, again, just a competitor. And again, so talented. You talk about a five-tool baseball player, and, and Thomas could do it all, mm. you know. And and same sort of thing. Like Thomas and I were the same age. But my first year playing with Broken Bow, again, he was so established and had already accomplished so many things in the game and come to realize we're, you know, we're out for a team meal and come to find out we're both just turning 25 and it's like, wow, like you've done so much in the game. I'm just sort of getting started at this level, yeah. but could run, throw, hit, yeah. and just play. He could just do it all. And same thing. He came over as a pitcher as well. Like just such a, such a great athlete. And, and I remember the first ISCs we played that year in 2000 in St. Joe's he won the triple crown. He batted like, 
600 yeah. and <laughs> hit five or six home runs and all these RBIs. He was just, it was just a different level. One of the greatest perfor- performances I was able to see at the, the ISCs. But yeah. quiet guy, you know, Thomas was very quiet, but we developed a pretty good rapport in the outfield and got to know each other. And mm-hmm. yeah, great. Thomas is a great guy, great friend. Awesome. awesome. Two more here. Uh, Paul Rosebush. Oh, Bushman. <laughs> he, one of, one of the, my favorite guys in the game, we were, became great friends right away. You know, we kind of competed against each other growing up, you know, um, as I said, in junior ball, we were playing against each other and then got the opportunity to play with each other with team Canada was sort of our first opportunity and just hit it off right away. Um, I guess both sort of being the young guys on the team, we kind of, um, sort of pushed that way but uh, again super talented not only ball player but a great hockey player as well but fun to play with like what he could do at the plate you couldn't defend him you know drop a bunt down slap it hit it through the hole hit it over the fence um, played the game hard um, and just just an intense guy but again great great friend Uh, don't get to see him talk to him that much anymore he's out in california but always a lot of fun um, playing and being around rosie excellent excellent and last but not least uh another friend of the show and one of the best ever colin abbott uh, abbott's just he's such a class act um so talented what a what a great hitter uh, you know obviously you know one of the best ever Mm. um so knowledgeable worked at his craft um but willing to share that that information and that knowledge with with younger players you know we always we used to joke when uh we'd be out we were playing with the farm we called him the godfather because anytime it was sort of when malali and and hilly and those guys were young and we'd be out somewhere and and they would the the young newfoundlanders would come in and they would just just round them and and just just in awe of colin abbott yeah so we called him the 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 godfather Godfather, but should have been the codfather being from newfoundland no again abby's a great guy great friend and i learned so much from him beauty um, over, over the years that's nice man. awesome that's awesome great. great way to end it wolfie listen pal i gotta thank you for taking the time to out of your schedule to come on here i mean i've been wanting to have you on for really since i started the podcast and you know to have one of the best of all time come on it, it, I, I really appreciate it oh it was my pleasure i've i've enjoyed all your podcasts i've been listening right from the from the start and uh appreciate what you guys are doing for for the sport of softball both the men's and the women's game and what you guys have done over the last few years with this podcast has been great and hopefully you continue to keep doing it for a long time thanks appreciate that a lot awesome appreciate that you listen to us too yeah it's crazy listen to us (laughs) (laughs) absolutely i've yeah i've listened to almost all of them it's it's been great i've thoroughly enjoyed it Awesome. Awesome. Listen, Wolfie, thanks again. Uh, best of luck uh, this summer with the, and the coaching side of things as well. Yeah, enjoy yourself for sure. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. You as well. Okay. All right. Take care, Wolfie. Take care, Wolfie. See ya. See you guys. Woo. Yep. Yep. That was fun. Yep. 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 A lot of fun, man. That's, uh, you know, when you, you touched on the mental side with them. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I just, I really enjoy that part. Like yeah. When guys talk about it. Yeah. It's, uh, just means a lot because it is a large part of the game. I mean, yeah. 
and I hope like the, the younger guys, especially the guys on our side of the fence here, are, are listening well, yeah, to this and, and yeah, taking for sure what he's saying. Because I mean, and you know, like some of our young guys that are going to be playing the IC circuit, they're 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 going to be sponges. Mm. Like we already know, Whitey just loves the game, and he, yeah. we know he's going to be listening to guys. Well, he's going to be sitting with Bradley, and well, I actually went talking to him one on one there at the dome on yeah. Sunday, and and we were talking about that, and and that was his biggest thing. Whitey was like, he's like. Framer, my biggest thing is, you know, being able to be on the bench with these guys and just take everything in. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, that's so smart. Well, man. That's awesome. Man. Yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Yeah. The mental, t- mental side for sure. Love it. Mm. Love every bit of it. And again, what I, a good guy, great speaker. You can, it's not hard to tell he's how professional he is. Yes. Yeah. And the fact that, oh, man, the, it still blows me away. You know, the fact that Ryan Wolf listened to the podcast. I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah. weird things. My mom like doesn't that. even listen. I know. <laughs> Well, she's well, she stripping, she, isn't she? Yeah, she's busy right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, frig. Actually, uh, before we get going, uh, friend of ours. Yeah, I, I wanted to touch on uh, Mike Bishop. He's a, he's a softball alumni. He pitched with uh, Charlottetown for many years. Mm-hmm. He's an island boy. Not one of them weird guys, but an actual island boy. <laughs> um, he's been around the game a lot. He coached Canada games, I believe, or sorry, he coached U 23, uh, the year my son was U 23. He coached for PEI. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I've known Bish a long time. Fantastic guy. Anyway, he ran into a little bit of a problem. He, uh, and I don't know the story a hundred percent, but he did take a fall. Um, at work. from what I heard it was at work. It was from a second story and he landed on the first floor, but he landed on his face. Mm. Um, he has multiple, I, I know he's had facial reconstructive surgeries, muscle, muscle, multiple fractures to his face, his nose, um, vertebrae. Anyway, he's, he's in a little bit of trouble. Uh, I, I know he's home now, um, trying to recover. And, uh, there is a GoFundMe page that's made, uh, for Mike to try to help his family out as while he's out of commission yeah. for a little while. Yeah. Um, so if anybody would like to donate to it, I can certainly share the, the GoFundMe thing, if I can find it, <laughs> it well, you know is. What? It is right here. You can put it on our. I'm going to put it on outside the shoe for sure. But it is. Uh, it's GoFundMe uh, slash E one four three seven BF seven, and it's again for Mike Bishop. And any little bit helps. You can find him on Facebook as well. Um, we're, we're certainly hoping the best for him, Bish. We hope you get better, buddy. Yeah, and, uh, we're Bish. All if you're listening, you. buddy, man, get well. Uh, really rooting for you over here. I mean. He's such a fantastic teammate. I get to play with Bishu and I'm yeah, yeah, of course. He's such a stand-up guy. Yeah, yeah, he's a beauty. Yeah, and the fact you know he's one of those guys giving back to the game after, after he's done man. playing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so sure. Yeah. Bishy, full All recovery, buddy. Yep, we're uh, we're rooting for you over here. Um. Anyway, what do you got coming up next, Randy? Don't know. Good stuff. I, I gotta, I gotta I've been watching stuff. a lot of uh, NCAA ball. Have you? Yeah. I, I'm lucky enough. I get the ACC channel, Longhorn yeah, channel, Pac-10 channel. Yeah. I get them all. Lucky uh, you. So I've been watching a lot. Uh, they're they're kind of coming to the tail end of their season right now. They're getting gearing closer. Up for, gearing yeah. up for uh, a regional run here. Yeah. yeah. Regional run. Yeah. Um, watch some pretty unbelievably skilled players. It's It's actually quite fun to watch. It is. It is. They're good, man. They are. They are. Some of them are just goddamn beasts. Like they can smash the ball. Yeah. I know they're two hundred foot fences, but it's still smashing the ball. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I uh, when I when we were talking to Dallas there. Yeah. And you know, he mentioned about Sis Bates. Yes, and exactly. How amazing. Yeah. Like she is, and yeah. and it's true. I mean, you go and watch Sis Bates field a ball, you're like, 
that is so effortless. Yeah, she makes it's it look just so effortless. clean. Yeah. And a lot, I mean, and that's the thing. They're, they're going to college to get their schooling, but they're on the field every single day. I know, man. Practicing. Wouldn't that not be the, the best? And the facilities they have oh, it's are top notch. Stupid. Top notch. So much. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's awesome. It anyway, really it's, is. It's great to watch. I really enjoy it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I'll try and schedule some stuff up. I mean, that's my job. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, again, thanks everybody for uh, listening. Wolfie, again, thanks for uh, for coming on. Oh yeah, wait, 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 wait. What's up? Graham Eisner Memorial. <laughs> Forgot about that. God, yep. I got to get that in. July 14th to the 16th. We are uh, the Graham Eisner Memorial Tournament, second annual. Second annual, yes. Is uh, happening. If there's any teams out there that want to jump in it last year was such a big success yeah we'd the, love to host you guys the crowds we had there were amazing and it's only going to get bigger this year um i mean we have cold stream on cold, board cold streams on board that's big cold stream has a beer now yeah so uh yeah any teams out there if you want to get in get a hold of us and uh we'll definitely uh we'll definitely get you in trust me you'll be in for a good weekend that's yeah, for sure absolutely yeah that's for sure anyway hope you Okay, buddy. Another week. Yeah. Hey, listeners, like, subscribe, do all that, follow. Follow. Snapshoot. All right. Classified. Cheers, Ellie and Wally. Classified. Said it right. Classified. (laughs) All right. See you guys. I know I never took it serious Then what we had got fucked up We grew apart but in my heart I still loved ya Back at the start I thought it last so long Went by so fast now it feels like the passion is gone Everything I loved about you just got pissed away And it really gets to be because I miss some days You was modest, honest, pretty much you gone It's the farthest thing from bitchy or heartless And never thought less of the jobless part head Even though I couldn't get your cards and chocolates You put up with my nonsense day after day You were one of the types you don't let get away Shit, we used to get looped together I remember one time you were so sick We almost puked together Your mood was better then But who would've knew what we had We would soon lose forever Damn, I still love you 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 were like my sunshine We were too young for love But I knew you'd be mine Had to let you go and get on with my line Now I got you back and you're leaving this time And I know I can always rely When I know you'll be keeping me high So I won't let you go, not again Cause I know I love my lesson I know I can't take it serious You gotta know what I'm feeling That's this type of love ain't hard to find But you know you're always on my mind I know I can't take it serious I'm going through the same thing right now, man This type of love ain't hard to find I know, I said I wouldn't do it, but I did it And now it got me wishing that my position was switching Never no hugs, no tongue, never kissing But keep fucking with us since the first day I hit it The minute that you talked, I would listen You made the way that I walk a little different I like your vibe, like the way that you feel Your head style from the start, now you're paying my bills I gotta love it Yeah, I'm a little obsessed, and I'll confess Without you, I feel a little depressed The wife's headed, sick of me giving you my attention Really, I see a point, but it was never my intention I'm always talking and bragging you up Like, yo, check this, is she amazing or what? And the fatter that you get, the better I can't complain, the mistress in my life Music before the fame, I love it Are you downsizing? 
maybe need more room because of additions to the family, or possibly seeking that dream home you've always wanted. Well, Tim Eisner at Royal LePage Atlantic is the guy for you. With a proven track record and multiple awards, Tim goes above and beyond to find out your needs and exactly what you're looking for. So if you're seeking a new home or trying to sell your current one, contact Tim at 902-499-5717 or check him out on Facebook at Tim Eisner. Again, that's 902-499-5717. Trust me, when all is said and done, we'll be saying Tim Eisner strikes again.